Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Donovan Smith says there's something he can definitely do better after signing his new three-year contract. We'll tell you what that is, and you'll hear from Donovan from his news conference on Wednesday. He also had some fun things to say about what Saints defensive him Cam Jordan tweeted about him after he signed his new contract. So all that's coming up. The Tampa Bay Lightning play tonight against the Minnesota Wild at Amelie Arena. They've won 12 of their last 13 games, eight in a row at home, a historic year. For the Lightning and the reporter who has covered it all, Diana Nero of the Tampa Bay Times, is going to join us in just a minute to break all of that down. We have all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you're like me, you're probably sick and tired of paying these high electric bills this time of year, especially. Mine's over $300, and that just doesn't seem to quit. Well, if you want to save 90 to 95% of your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar. That's right. They're a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available, and they don't use high voltage like many other solar companies. And May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all equipment and labor, and they have a full showroom that's open, and you can see their products on weekdays. And May Electric Solar has been around for 12 years. They've earned a great reputation among their customers and their peers. Now, there's many other solar companies out there imitating them and trying to use their great name. But remember... They don't use subcontractors, and they do not subcontract out for any company in any way. It has to be May all the way. So stop the insanity of these out-of-control electric bills. Start saving now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. And right now, you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. So call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. All right, so Donovan Smith uh, had his news conference after signing that three-year, $41.25 million deal. That was at uh, One Buck Place on Wednesday. And always, you know, I've been through a, a lot of these things. Always interesting to sort of see the player after he has, he has signed this, this contract. And, look, the NFL is a, is a really tough business. I mean, these, these guys, these 1,600 players are the best in the world. There's just – there's no other way to say it. There's millions others that would love to have the opportunity to play in this league. And yet, having said all that, there's so much that goes into it, you know, to get to this level and then to stay there and then to stay there for four years and make it to free agency, which is almost every player's goal because that's when you get an even larger contract. And Donovan Smith uh, is a guy who's fairly understated. He doesn't say a lot to the media. He's a real he's a real prankster in the locker room. He's very popular. Uh, among his teammates, he does uh, you know a lot of joking around and um, throwing shade at different guys and whatnot. Of course, he's very close with Ali Marpet, uh, with the other guys that came in his rookie class. You know whether that's Quan Alexander or Jameis Winston, and all those guys sort of have a bond. But Smith was, you know, in, in talking to him was was very humbled by what he had accomplished. I mean, you know, this is we, we you know for us we're like well they'll franchise him or he'll get a new deal, or maybe they franchise him and then he goes somewhere else. But this is their life. You know, they've invested 
four years here in Tampa Bay. They love the community. They love their teammates. Um, they're not looking to go other places, but they are looking to to, to reach that deal. And when they finally get it, it, it it's sort of the, the feeling that you get when you talk to these guys is they can't quite believe it. You know, I'm sure they see the zeros in their bank account when they sign their their contract, and sometimes money is is, is immediately moved there, or or maybe. Um, they have to wait a little bit, but usually they get something up front. And almost invariably, somebody says, you, you mentioned, wow, $27 million or $41 million. And it's hard for even for them to conceive of what how life-changing that is. I mean, that's generational wealth, you know, if you think about it that way. I mean, that's something that will not only help their immediate family, but for generations afterwards, assuming they're smart with it. And, and Donovan Smith's a very smart guy, of course, from, from Penn State. But he talked about not being able to sleep the night before and how difficult it was, you know, as that deadline was approaching at four o'clock and they wanted to get the deal done. And, and, and when he finally gets it, you know, sort of FaceTiming, bulk FaceTiming his family at home in, in Baltimore and in New York and his, you know, his two sisters and his brother. So, I mean, all that on the human, you, you get the human side of things because I think, you know, a lot of times we, we think of these guys and they wear the helmets and the pads and they're gladiators and, Everybody goes on Twitter and says mean things about them, <laughs> but they're human beings. And you can just imagine uh, if you've been playing this game, you know, and it is a game, but you've, you've made it your profession now and you've been doing it since you were 10 years old, to, to reach this level uh, has to be uh, you know, truly a, a, just an unbelievable feeling. And I think when you hear from Donovan Smith, you'll hear, that, you'll hear that translate. You'll also hear Jason Light talk about what it's like to reward a player that you've drafted and developed and has – sort of earned his way to the next contract. And they've done that with a lot of guys going all the way back, Jason's first year with Mike Evans. Uh, of course, we've seen you know lots of players since then come up for contracts, whether it was Ali Marpet, uh, you know, Jameis Winston got a big bump this year. We've seen other older players like Levante David and Gerald McCoy uh, during this time get their contracts as well. And so you know, it's sort of a, a, a testament uh, many times to – to good drafting. You know, Cameron Brait was not a guy that they drafted, but was somebody that they got back after they let him go for the practice squad, and he got a big contract. So when you see these guys that you draft, develop, and you get them to the second contract because they're really good players, that that's really a good feeling for an organization and for Jason Light, I'm sure, that says, yeah, we got that one right. You know, that that's one that we're happy to do. The, the, the other side of it, however, is, okay – suddenly now they're not under rookie deals and with all these guys coming up and getting bigger and bigger money and signing these larger deals you have almost you know no cap room at all you're up against the salary cap particularly with the increases that you know Jameis Winston got and then of course Donovan Smith this year so uh, the way they stand right now they're a couple million dollars under the salary cap that'll get bumped up March 13th when they go to the new league year and they gain another seven or eight million dollars um, there, but there's going to have to be, uh, if they're going to make any additions, they're going to have to be some subtractions. You're going to have to have some players that are going to be cut uh, to create salary cap room and so on. Otherwise, this is going to be a very uh, anticlimactic uh, offseason with respect to free agency. But they think they have the guys clearly that they've locked up in the room. Still don't know about Quan Alexander, still don't know about Adam Humphreys, and, and all that will play itself out, you know, beginning somewhere on March 13th. But uh, it, it was, you know, it's, it's been, I, I guess, I guess it's a double-edged sword. It's been interesting to see them lock these guys up, but by the same token, there's so much more that they need to do and could take advantage of. And there, I think there's going to be a lot, 
you know, more newsy things happen with respect to players being released because I, I don't believe that they're done with free agency or that they haven't started yet, obviously. They might not be the big names, but they will add some players, and to do that, you got to subtract some guys as well. So r- a really interesting uh, Q&A with uh, Donovan Smith at his news conference. We wanted you guys to hear from him and to hear from Bucks general manager Jason Light, who signed him to that big deal. Well, it's, it's always exciting for an organization um, – when you're able to do an extension with, you know, a guy that you drafted, um, the organization developed, coaching staff did a good job with uh, these guys, and especially Donovan here. Um, you know, Donovan, in addition to being a massive person, has a great, great combination of athleticism, you know, strength, but more importantly, his intelligence and his desire to be on the field every Sunday. And I think that gets talked about a lot, but I, I think it doesn't, at the same time, doesn't get talked about enough. That's such a quality that's hard to find, especially with his uh, leadership and the respect that he has from his teammates for loving the game and wanting to be better and wanting to get better every day. So in addition to getting and securing him for the next, for the, you know, next signed a three-year contract, which is out there, he also has a tremendous upside still. He's young, he's tremendous upside, so I'm looking forward to him reaching that potential um, in the next few years. So with that said, I'm going to turn it over to Donovan. No, I just, you know, like I said, I want to thank Jason Light, you know, the uh, Glazer family for having that faith in me. Like I said, uh, I love it here in Tampa, um, the locker room, the guys, the community, the people around, um, and, you know, I just couldn't imagine myself anywhere else. And, uh, you know, it's just a blessing to be able to, to, to get this done and know that uh, I have that security of being here for another three years. And, um, you know, I just look forward to, you know, the great things to come, um, you know, with the team, the new coaching staff. And, uh, yeah, you know, I got to shout out the trainers, like you said. <laughs> you know, fight, fight week in, week out uh, to make sure I'm on the field. And, you know, we do a good job down there uh, with Bobby and them. So, uh you know, definitely just, you know, I'm excited. When a player's in a contract year, when we talk to them during the season, they normally say, oh, I'm not worried about that. We'll worry about the end of the year. But right. but when you look back on it now, I mean, what was that like playing in a, in a year where you worry about getting injured, little things like that? Did that affect you at all mentally during the course of the 16 um, games? No, I wouldn't say it affected me. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't sit there and live out your life thinking about the what ifs and all of that. Um, you know, I just took it a day at a time, went out there, did what I had to do. And, you know, thank God I didn't have, to, I didn't get hurt and, and anything like that. But uh, anytime you sit there and you dwell on something like that, that you can't control, you know, it only makes the matters worse and you stress yourself out. So, you know, for me to sit there and say it wasn't a thought, you know, I, I'd be lying. But, uh, you know, for the most part, you know, it just was, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, you control what you can control. So. Can you just illustrate to people what it is like, especially at your position where there's contact on every snap, what it takes to be able to play in 64 consecutive games? Well, it takes a lot. Um, you know, my <laughs> my hardest days is Mondays and Tuesdays, normally after the game. But, uh, you, know, um, you know, it just takes a lot. You just got to be physically prepared, mentally prepared, and just know that it's going to be a battle, you know, all game, you know, 60 to 90 plays, depending on how you're playing and stuff like that. So, uh you know, it's, it's, it's great. You know, it's fun. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a sport where you can sit there and you can beat up on grown men, you know, have fun with, you know, your guys on the line as well. And, 
you know, go out there and pretty much be a kid, play the game you love uh, week in and week out. So it's great. How different has this offseason been for you in terms of a new head coach yeah. and going through this contract process? Um, it hasn't been much different. Uh, you know, I, I took this offseason the same way as I, I normally do, take my normal two, three weeks off, visit family, you know, travel a little bit, um, you know, and then just get back healthy. Basically just get your body back feeling good. And, um, yeah, that's it. Obviously, you know, I've talked to my agents a lot <laughs> in the past few months. But um, outside of that, it's, it's been a normal offseason. Um, and then, you know, like I said, with the coaching change and everything, you, I can't control any of that. So, you know, you just go about your business. Have you spent some time with Bruce? What are your thoughts about the uh, work? Yes, I, I spoke with him, um, you know, briefly, just, you know, catching up, you know, that's about it. Uh, he's a PA guy, Penn State here. So, <laughs> you know, some um, some similarities there. But uh, outside of that, you know, just, you know, a little chit-chat, nothing crazy. How, how close was this to not being a new deal and instead having him play under the franchise tag? Um, I don't know. I guess came until noon yesterday and 4 o'clock was the deadline, so pretty close. Um, you know, the whole time, I, I hats off to – Donovan's agents and Brian and Jim and JR, um, and then myself and Mike Greenberg working on this. Um, those guys worked very hard um, to find a compromise um, with us, and we're all happy in the end. And, you know, it was uh, one way or another Donovan was going to be here. Um, it's, just, it's just nice to know that, that we know that he's going to be here for – for a the, long time for the, coming. For a long time coming, <laughs> hopefully even longer than this current deal. Donovan, would you have been okay playing under the franchise tag? Um, like I said, that was – I mean, I'm not, so it don't even matter. <laughs> but um, like I said, if, uh, we were able to come to an agreement and, you know, it worked out for both sides, so, you know, why not? Our pet's been such a big part of your journey here. Yeah. What does it mean for you to continue that, especially knowing he's going to be here mm -hmm. in the long term as well? What does it mean to be able to have him by your side? Yeah, it means a lot. Um, as y'all know, Ali's my guy. <laughs> uh, we came in together and everything, and, you know, as you see, we, you know, went to the Lightning game last night together. So, uh, you know, to be able to just know that I got my friend that I've, you know, grown to be my brother, you know, over these years, and, you know, we can keep this thing rolling together is huge. Uh, so, um, yeah, you know, we just look forward to it. I can't really say the text he sent me, but <laughs> it was a good text, you know, uh, that, that he shot me um, after everything got done. So He might, he might work for your agency someday. Maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know Allie. Oh, yeah. so he was putting in uh, a lot of good words in with you? Just, I mean, over the course of their career, they yeah. came in together. Oh, yeah. Allie's, Allie's just a big supporter of Donovan. Absolutely. So. Donovan, you said uh, Coach Warhop, since you've been a rookie, he's not here now. Do you welcome a new voice in your ear, new position, even a new philosophy to help you try and grow and, and become a better player? George Warhop told us back here a couple years ago, you can be a top five left tackle in this league. Um, do you welcome having a new voice, a new coach to help you get there? Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just like anything else, you, I can't control it. Uh, you kind of, you know, go with it. Um, you know, you think about it back to Penn State, you know, I've had three different coaches. So, you know, um, you know, getting a new coach in there, a different voice or anything like that, it's, I'm not opposed to it or anything like that. You just, you kind of, you learn them and, you know, you learn what works and you just build on that. You build relationships and you get out there and you trust each other. And then, you know, that's how you 
sit there and you be able to grow as a player and, you know, you go from there. So, you know, I'm not opposed to any of it. What can you get better at in the next three years? Uh, just in general, um, you know, just being a, a bigger voice. Um, you know, people lead different ways. I'm kind of the pull you to the side kind of guy, but, you know, I could be more outspoken um, in my leadership. Uh, like you said, just continue to build who I am on the field, consistency, going out there, play week in, week out, and, um, you know, just help the team win, um, you know, because uh, that's that's the plan here. You know, we want to sit there and we, we, we want to turn this thing around and, and, and get it going. Um, can't have the lightning only, you know, <laughs> balling out here in Tampa. So, you know, we're we, we going to turn it around and have some fun doing it. You go against the, the best athletes on the field every right. week. Those, you know, pass rush, right, defensive ends generally. Guys like Cam Jordan, uh, who you've had battles with, Cam threw a little uh, social media shade at you. I mean, what is what is the what is that whole dynamic like when you're facing these guys twice a year? Yeah. Um, as you know, it's they're divisional opponents. I mean, uh, the thing about the league, everybody knows everybody. So you know, just like anybody else, uh, you know, your your guys having fun. So people like to have fun and you know, trash talk and everything. So it is what it is. And obviously, it's coming from a div- divisional opponent. So we'll see them twice a year. <laughs> Yes, I have largely the same personnel on offense from what you had last year, new coaches around you. Where can you make the biggest improvement as an offense? That's above my pay grade. <laughs> but just generally speaking, just putting things together, uh, you know, just from running the ball, throwing the ball, just offense, defense, and this is just not one side or ball. This is just a team effort, you know, collectively. Uh, play complementary football, offense, defense, special teams, and like I said, go out there, put it together to win games. First person you called once this deal got done, and what was said, if you can share it. My mom, um, one of the hardest things for me is to see my mother cry, whether it be happy tears or sad tears. And, you know, for her to just, she, she just pretty much broke down and just said, I pray for this day, and it's a blessing. So she started crying. It kind of was like a group FaceTime, you know, my brothers and sisters and stuff. So uh, my brothers, sisters, and mom, and then it was my grandmother. So. Did you tear up seeing them tear up? It hasn't really hit me yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, the night before, I don't think anybody knows. I probably, my agent knows I went to sleep probably about 1.30, and I woke up at 3, and I'm just like, I can't go to sleep, you know? Like, I, I really can't go to sleep. And, you know, that's why I'm, you know, I'm here today, so. <laughs> Um, we talked about this before, but your your ability to play through things. I mean, everybody right. in this business, especially a tackle, as physical as it is, there's a work ethic though that comes from your family, right? Mm-hmm. That, that uh, how you how you learn how to how to work hard like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather to this day, uh, you know, I just went to go visit him, and thing he says, he, you have to keep going. You know, no matter what. You know, he's obviously getting up there in age and dealing with some health things. But, uh, you know, I come home and he's on top of his garage, you know, <laughs> roofing his garage. And I'm like, sit down. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with my grandmother. She, to this day, I'm carrying groceries. She's trying to pick up groceries. I'm like, Grandma, go sit down. You know what I'm saying? And that's just the mentality of my family, my uncle, and just how, how it goes. No matter what, you just got to keep going because nobody really cares. So... Um, you know, it, it just passed down and, you know, it just been instilled in me. Let me ask you, um, you know, your salary cap situation is, is different than it's ever been since you've been here and that there's not a lot of room right now. 
Um, it's kind of a good and bad thing in that the reason you're here, tell us how you got here, because a lot of the guys you drafted, like like Donovan or Ali, or Jamison in his fifth year, I mean, these guys are coming up on, on contracts and you want to keep your own guys, right? So that's, but on the other hand, there's opportunity in free agency that maybe you won't be able to, to take advantage of. So how do you how do you kind of weigh that? Well, yeah, you do want to keep your, your own guys. It started with Mike and Cam and Ali. Um, you know, every team has the same salary cap, and every team strives to draft good players. And when you do hit a run with guys like Donovan here and Allie and the guys that I've mentioned, um, you know, put you in this situation. But, you know, you, you're dealt uh, the hand you're dealt with, and you're, we're still going to look for good players. Um, we do feel like we have a lot of good, young, talented players and veteran talented players on this team. So it's, there's, you know, it's a little bit of a, a chess match, and it becomes a little challenging, but, you know, that's why uh, we do what we do. All right, so a great interview there with Donovan Smith. You could hear a little bit of back and forth there uh, between him and, and Cam Jordan, who has been historically one of the harder guys for, for a lot of teams, but also Donovan Smith to handle. But like he said, they play each other twice a year, and it seems good-natured, and they're throwing a little shade at each other. Uh, but for Cam Jordan to come out and he tweeted, you know, hey, that's great. That means I can eat more, meaning you know I can have more success against you. That that was a little that was a little salty. So Donovan, um, for his part, went on Twitter and tweeted a picture of himself completely, you know, stoning Cam Jordan during a game uh, against New Orleans. So that was pretty funny as well. So we'll see uh, sort of how that rivalry continues. But always a, a fascinating guy to talk to, and it'll be it will be something to see if he steps out of himself a little bit in his comfort zone and becomes more of a vocal leader, as he has said uh, that you just heard him say he, he wants to do uh, more of that and have a bigger voice on the team as well. All right, the Tampa Bay Lightning are 51-12 and 12 with the four overtime losses, 106 points. They've got 15 games to play, and they have won 9 out of 10 as hot as any team has ever been in the NHL. And Diana Neros joins us now. Uh, Diana, it's been an incredible thing to watch, and you have a front-row seat and then some with this team every day. And I'm wondering at this point, how aware are the Lightning that this is an historic season? And are they chasing that in a sense? Or uh, are they are they able to just be challenged enough to try to be as perfect as they can every day and just get better? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you ask them, they would say they're only aware because we keep asking them about it. <laughs> and um, I think that's definitely true to some extent, but also they know the historic numbers. I mean, they're fans of hockey as much as we are. They know what what records are out there. So they are aware. They all say all the right things about how none of that matters. And, you know, I think to certain extent it really doesn't matter to them because that's not what they're looking for and I think they're kind of aware of they want to win a Stanley Cup and the stuff along the way is great and I think they'll enjoy it 
at some point, but I think right now they are trying to win. You know, they're not just going to coast now and say, okay, well, we've done a lot. We're where we need to be going into the playoffs. Like, we can let up. They're still going to accelerate. I don't can't say that they're doing it to win the record, but there is a sense that winning any of these regular season records that they're on track for are not going to be enough for uh, this team to be satisfied. Sure, that makes sense. Obviously, their goal is is to win the Stanley Cup, and, and they have a team that's been as dominant as any team we've seen in the NHL for some time, and, and that starts with some of the great players they've had and some of the individual uh, performances. And I, I would, you know, just again, we've talked to you about Nikita Kucherov uh, in the past, but there are some some individual records too at stake. Whether you know it's the the scoring record or or uh, for the most points, the Art Ross or um, maybe even a Hart Trophy. I mean, do players do they think about that, or is that just all sort of the process that you talked about of you know hey, our, you know this is just this is sort of what we do day in and day out, and if it happens, or will will players you know try try to get that trophy for uh, for for their teammates? I think they definitely want it for their teammates. I think they really want, I think they wanted to get Kucherov to 100 points on yeah. that pace. Mm-hmm. I think they want to see, especially talking about Kucherov, I think they want to see him recognized. I don't think they have to try too hard to help him. I think he puts himself in that position really well. And, you know, you look at some of his assists, they're not hard to score on. So it's not like mm-hmm. they're bending over backwards to, you know, make one more pass to him or something else. It kind of comes decently naturally, but you also kind of have to wonder a little bit because Kucherov was on a little bit of a slump and that's kind of too strong a word, but his version of a slump, let's call it. And then Patrick Kane tied him in scoring with an afternoon game. And that night Kucherov broke out of that slump and, started scoring and has hasn't stopped since and I don't know I could be wrong but that's uh that's some interesting timing especially when you consider on the other side uh Patrick Kane did comment I forget to whom but did say something like he had already was aware of Kucherov's big night before you know needing anybody in the media to ask him about it he knew exactly how many points Kucherov had had this was a few weeks ago now, but the point is that, right. well, I don't think anybody's going to do anything crazy to, like, put a game in jeopardy. They're aware, and they kind of they, they know what they're playing for. Yeah, and, I, I mean, these things will all be voted on, uh, obviously, down the road, but, I mean, it, clearly he's having the best year on the best team in hockey. That's got to count for uh, an awful lot when it comes to the MVP, or are, are, there, are there legitimate guys that, that will – probably get as much uh, or uh, possibly consideration as Cooch. You mentioned Patrick Kane, for example. Yeah, the argument there is he's the best player on the best team. Um, what would this team look like without him versus, because right. I mentioned Patrick Kane, what does Chicago look like without Patrick Kane? And I mm-hmm. do think Chicago's in a worse state without Patrick Kane than the Lightning is without Kucherov. But... John Cooper yesterday made the same point that you just made now. What is, you know, there's got to be something to account for being the best player on the best team, particularly mm-hmm. the best player by the margin that he is. I mean, when you have 
Kucherov, Stamkos, Point doing what they're doing and still Kucherov stands out above them, does that outweigh the fact that they do have other players and maybe Lightning would still be able to win and make the playoffs without Kucherov? You know, I think those are are the debates that are going to be had around the MVP. I think he's nearly a lock for the player-voted most outstanding player versus Mm -hmm. the media-voted most valuable player, since there is, you know, that that difference in term can make a difference in the significance, you know, of the voting on that. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I do kind of wonder... This is my first time voting on one of these awards, so you actually might have more experience with how uh, how you evaluate these things. Um, but you know, is there a point where Kucherov has reaches? I don't know a point total or whatever it is that it just becomes okay. That was just too good not to award it to him, no matter if the Lightning would have been still been very good without him. You know, what is that point? Um, I'm kind of interested to see. If he hits it, and then if we'll know, you know, if it's one of those things, we'll just know it if he hits it, that we're just like, oh, wow. Um, because this feels like the kind of year that could have that makes you say that. Uh, he's over 100 points now, obviously. So, I mean, is there is there a number, a sacred number? I mean, 100 is, is a pretty big number in the NHL. Is there one that would just make it obvious, you think? I don't know. That's kind of what I'm wondering um, mm-hmm. about getting there. I mean, the records are Gretzky's records that are just yeah, well, really seem completely untouchable. So, sure, you know, sure. that's why you can't like point to a record that he could break. Um, right, he did right. just buy Vinny LeCavier for um, the lightning record for most points in a season. So there's mm-hmm. a record, but um, league-wide, I'm not sure what that number would look like. I mean, the question that's kind of floated around in a few forms, uh, I heard it on NHL Network and in a couple other places, is, who gets more points this year, Kucherov or the Lightning? You know, both are on <laughs> these crazy tracks right now with these numbers that you just didn't really think you were going to see again. Um, so I don't know what that bar is because there's not something that directly to point to. But like, if he can get over, if he ends up in like the 120 range, that's absolutely unheard of um, in recent years. You know, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the limit is now. So I kind of don't want to say if he reaches this, that's that's that mark because I just want to see where he can go. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's capable of four four point nights. I mean we've seen this uh, out of him uh, semi regular basis. So it's uh, he's he's in a rare air already, and they still have fifteen games left, which is incredible what they've already accomplished. I think their magic number is three. Uh, Steve and I talked about that uh, the other day as far as clinching the playoffs. Um, so they'll do that uh, fairly early. I wanted to ask you about uh, Stamkos, who has, I think, 34 goals himself, has had a terrific year uh, as an all-around player. Um, he's the captain. The, you know this, Diana, the best teams are led from from inside um, for as much credit or, or lack of credit maybe John Cooper gets. Uh, we know that it starts with, with the captain who's been there the longest. Has it been interesting to watch him? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting he's, he's taking a second Rose, you know, a back seat maybe to Kucherov or some of the other players, but he's really found his sort of his spot as as far as on the ice, and and and, I, and I'm sure that he's got to be. They've got really some strong leadership in 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 the uh, in the room, obviously. But what have you noticed about Stamkos and sort of his his drive and the way he's led this team as a captain? Well, 
it's interesting. John Cooper has referenced multiple times recently the way that Stamkos has grown into his leadership role over years. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously not over this year, over multiple years. And yeah. being new to the team, I can't directly reference what it was like before, but you can tell that he's not alone, but that he definitely has the Pulse's team take some pride in in leading this team and being the one to be in that role or one of the ones um, Ryan Callahan and uh, Ryan McDonough are two others of the still larger leadership group. But this team has three current or former captains on it. And Mm. there are those who don't put a lot of weight in captain and think it's just, you know, you're just given a letter. But John Cooper isn't one of them. And a team tends to follow the tone set by its leaders, by its coach, and its letter wearers. And the alternate captain tends to rotate on this team, so they've had a bunch of them. And on this team, Stamkos and the other leaders really step up and make themselves that leadership presence. And it definitely has a a big effect on this team being as good as it is right now. Um, you know, you, they've talked a lot about how this, this core group has been together for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Cooper said yesterday that he really credits McDonough being in his second year and coming into a bigger leadership role this year, said last year, coming in late at the deadline, being injured when he first got here, finding his way. He maybe wasn't as comfortable stepping up and didn't want to step on anyone's toes to, you know, be the one who says everything in the room. And this year... There have been games, um, a game in Buffalo, when they started awful in the first period. I can't remember what the score was, but it was a god-awful first period. And Cooper said he didn't address the rum afterwards. He left it to the captains or to mm. the leaders. And to be able to do that is impactful because, you know, he said he can put everything in place, but to have players hold each other accountable is going to be more have a bigger impact at times than him just standing in a room saying things. So that's definitely had a, a piece um, of why this team has been so good. And it starts with Stamkos. And I, I wonder um, not having been around the lightning teams of, you know, the earlier lightning teams where Le Cavier was captain and you had St. Louis playing the way he was, if that is kind of reminiscent of the Stamkos captain and Kucherov playing his, you know, scoring role and everything that, you know, Mm. there's something that happens on a team and the captain doesn't have to be everything. He doesn't have to be the scoring leader. He doesn't have to be the, you know, leader in the room and everything else. And so um, it can only help this team right now. It's actually, Diana, really a great analogy. I mean, I, you know, Marty St. Louis was the most valuable player of the league, and um, and yet, uh, you know, Vinny, and of course they won a cup, was, uh, you know, was was right there in in the leadership role. So I, I think it, I think that analogy is is sort of relevant. You know, I don't know if that really means that they're going to win a cup because they did, but it's just interesting <laughs> right. to see, you know, the parallels there. I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, it definitely doesn't guarantee them that. That's what we like to do. We compare champions, and as they make it through the uh, through the playoffs, uh, there'll be more of that, I'm sure. Um, they got 15 games to go, and uh, that's that's the good thing, right? You're starting to see that number shrink. I know it's it's always a long season, and for a team that's been out in front of the pack 
Uh, they they probably can't wait to get to the playoffs. And yet, this team has has took it upon themselves to get better. I think defensively, isn't that where you've seen the biggest improvement maybe since uh, since the All Star break? Definitely, um, that was a big problem at one point was the number of goals they were giving up. And I mean, you look at, for example, the game last night against Winnipeg. And the game a couple weeks ago against Calgary. So those were two of the opponents they faced going into Christmas when they were letting up a lot of goals. And it took uh, an overtime loss to Winnipeg, a 5-4 overtime loss to Winnipeg. And it was either a 5-4 or 6-5 shootout win over Calgary. But the point is, those were high-scoring, extra-time games against two of the um, top teams in the West, and they played them again recently as two of the top teams in the West, you know, potential Stanley Cup final opponents. And the games weren't nearly as interesting this time around. You know, both of them were just dominated by the Lightning. They're not allowing those goals anymore. Um, you know, obviously there are still some, some games where that happens but it's no longer the every night thing that you look at. And you're just like, Oh, another, you know, they just need to outscore their problems. Another big, big game here. Um, now they're, they're holding teams much more frequently. And uh, that was a big thing for them that they just I think Anton Strollman said it, I believe after uh, they were just completely outplayed by the Islanders. He said, Player forwards needed to be okay with giving up a point or two to play well on the back end. And, you know, that the team defense needed to be there. And I guess they've all gone into that sense. And that's one of the things that Julian Breezewaugh said after or right out the trade deadline. He didn't need to make a move because the Lightning has been good at self correcting that, you know, you've got a defense problem. They, you know, did fixed that. Uh, coming out of last year, maybe there wasn't quite enough physicality. Well, Eric Turnack or Adam Ernie has come into this team in, for one, his first time, and for the other, a bigger role. Even Cedric Paquette, who's obviously been on this team, but has stepped up um, in that physicality role. So uh, it's really impressive the way this team has addressed its issues, the biggest one being those goals against um, since uh, about Christmas uh, on. It's just been very impressive. You know, uh, they could have done something at the trade deadline. I mean, there were players that potentially they may have felt may have helped them. But what does it mean to the players that that the trust was there, that it was like, hey, you know what? We have what we need right here. What did that mean, do you think, to their team at the deadline? I think it was a vote of confidence. And, you know, Stephen Samko said going into the trade deadline that Typically, coming out of the trade deadline, you end up with a feel of like, okay, let's prove them right. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly what's happening now. Like, they, Breezeball said he was trying to send the message that the team was sending him back at it of, you know, we've got this and, you know, we're doing, doing all the right things. And now I think both kind of are in a position of, you know, okay. The team put Breezeball in that in the position of being picky about what moves he um, could potentially make, and now Breezeball has put the team in the position of you know showing 
some trust and some faith in what they were doing. And now they all uh, kind of just want to prove each other right. And this is the team that we felt good about. You know, they've all said this team feels special, feels like something that they have not played with previously. And now there's a chance mm-hmm. to go prove why. No doubt. Uh, when you get to the postseason, of course, your best players have to play like your best players, and, and they would expect that. But we're seeing, um, and those guys are still playing great, but we're seeing sort of the depth of their scoring starting to reemerge, uh, and that seems to have been sort of the strength of their team. How important is that as they, as they enter the, the, the last stretch here and they go into the postseason that you've got those four lines that are just really dangerous? I think that means so much to this team. Uh, yesterday, Paul Maurice, the Winnipeg coach, said that usually you can put your top line against uh, the opponent's weak line and take advantage, and that he just couldn't do that against the Lightning. You look at the game that the fourth line played. I wrote about Adam Murray because I think he's been just uh, incredible this whole year, especially since, I don't know, say uh, January. But... Um, that fourth line made such an impact last night. They had two goals, and so that's the obvious that what you see. But they also just played a great physical game, exactly what you want to see out of a fourth line that you might not be expecting to score those two goals. And that's the thing about this Lightning team is that their depth, they have incredible scoring depth. They have more players to reach fill-in-the-blank mark, 30 points, 20 goals, 10 goals, whatever it is. They have more players to reach it than any other team in the league right now, but their players all also, or their depth players, excuse me, all also fill those depth roles they're supposed to fill very well. They're not just scoring. It's not just, oh, we have a high-scoring fourth line. They also have a very effective fourth line at being physical and disrupting the other team. They have a great back-checking third line. Anthony Sorelli centering that third line has been great. Um, And, so when we talk about the Lightning's depth, it's so crucial, and they can score, but they also fill their depth roles. Um, and the combination of those two things is really what makes the Lightning so good. And then you put that their top skill players are doing what Kucherov, Point, Stamkos are doing, and that's not even one line, that's two lines. And all of a sudden you have a team on this historic run that I am just kind of enjoying setting, you know, it's, it's a fun thing to say when you start asking, okay, they broke this record tonight, or they were the first team to do this tonight. How important is that? Do we need a story on that record? Cause we just wrote a story about this record. And that's <laughs> the kind of conversations we're having at this point. Like this, somebody tweeted at me yesterday and said, isn't this crazy? And I was just like, I feel like that's what I've been writing. This is absolutely crazy. Martin Fenley just said, this is getting stupid. Like, it is. It's this team. It starts to feel like this team is just on a roll to the Stanley Cup, and you don't want to award it to them early because anything can happen in the playoffs, and that's why we like the playoffs. But it's just crazy the run they're on. Only 15 games to go, and Diana Neros has been there for, for almost every single one. Uh, it has been a great ride, and uh, the the best place to get information, of course, is is from Diana on TampaBay.com, and you can read her in the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks so much, Diana. We'll see you very shortly in the playoffs. Thank you for having me. Always good to catch up with Diana. The Lightning hosts Minnesota tonight at Amelie Arena, so look forward uh, to that game to see if they can keep that home streak alive. We're going to have 
a mailbag tomorrow. Love for you guys to participate. You can always do that by sending your questions to us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. The Rays, of course, continue spring training. And we're also going to have tomorrow Matt Baker, Times uh, staff writer, does a lot of college football and the, and the rest, but he also covers motorsports for us. And it is time to talk about the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg, which is this weekend and Sunday's race. Uh, the, I think the green flag drops around 130 or 140 or so. So be great to catch up with Matt and talk a little IndyCar racing, if you will. So, hey, and remember, folks, uh, if you're looking to uh, help yourselves out with these electric bills, if you want to save 90 to 95 percent, please call my friends at May Electric Solar. They're a locally owned company. They do everything right. They got warranties on their equipment. And you can uh, save now, especially if you change to solar energy in 2019. You can save a 30% tax credit. So make sure you do that and call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.